I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now... Hello and welcome to another episode of Syndicate. I am your host, Armand Haddad, and this season we are exploring the cinematic adaptations of beloved stories. For today, we are looking at the film adaptation of the rock album from Pink Floyd, The Wall. But before we become another brick in the wall, I am joined by a returning guest, the wickedly talented graphic designer and music buff. Please welcome back... Diego Reyes Alicia. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're back, buddy. Oh, when was the last time you were on? Oh, to die for. I called it almost famous. I was getting mixed up with another movie, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but today we are talking about the 1982 movie The Wall, directed by Alan Walker and written by Roger Waters, which is one of the founding members of Pink Floyd. So, Diego, this was your recommendation to me. So yes. how did you first hear about, one, the movie, The Wall, and also the album, The Wall? So I can recall back to college, actually. And I would say I've always been like a big Led Zeppelin, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix fan. Mm. Uh, thanks, Dad. Um, and I've <laughs> always loved rock and roll. But not only that, I love I love um, composition within music. So yeah, like I love, you know, like your, your Stairway to Heaven, Bohemian Rhapsody, anything with just like, just, just not a normal sounding song. So of course, back in college, I was doing an art piece inspired by art and music and my connection, if you will, with my dad. And it was mm. actually, it was interesting. The art piece was actually Dark Side of the Moon inspired. But from then on, I, of course, explored different kinds of uh, Pink Floyd works. 
thus led me to the wall. Yeah, that, I would say that's that's how I discovered it. It was really out of curiosity, out of music that made me like revisit this visual adaptation of the album. Yeah, it's a really interesting take on the album because like I listened to the album first when I first hear, heard about Pink Floyd and I absolutely loved it. And then I found out there was a movie made of it. So I checked it out and I was absolutely enthralled by the visuals of the movie. Mm -hmm. It's so, Mm -hmm. it's such a creative movie and it just blows my mind that Mm -hmm. people can even think of stuff like this, you know, and animate it. Absolutely. I mean, I was of course like reading the wiki, like kind of before this, of course, like I'm, I'm curious, like I'm whenever I, I have like even my own creative thoughts about something, I have to like, compare it to see if this is what other people were thinking about you know as well like that's why i also love the movie it was just because of it's so it's dark it's like i don't mind like i really and i really love like just tales of self-actualization of course and just kind of Mm. learning to cope with the things on your plate but i think most importantly like appear into the mind and i think that's obviously like what this movie was about as well so right that was uh that was definitely something that was really exciting because i read on the wiki too that pink who's the main character is like also an artist yeah so what's interesting is during my research with this movie is like Mm -hmm. a lot of people interpret this movie in many different ways Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but before we jump into the movie you know what time it is. Please stand clear of the closing door. So when you're pitching a movie to somebody like, hey, you should check out this movie. You and I both know you really only have 60 seconds to do so. So okay. here on Syndicate today, we are going to simulate that by doing the 60 second elevator pitch. I'm going to give you 60 seconds you got to it. explain the entire plot of The Wall while avoiding major spoilers. You got it. In under a minute. Diego, are you ready? Ready. All right. We're going to start in okay. three, two, one, go. The Wall is a rock opera created by, uh, by, created by Pink Floyd that essentially dives into kind of this idea of, you know, the wall how you know is it the walls to our emotions the walls to our physical being is it the wall to the rest of the world do we choose who we you know we choose who we get to bring into these walls but not only that you know you hear a lot of a popular song from another break in the wall and i think for me um you know this movie is also really about being yourself and kind of understanding the parts of your past that helps you who you are as of you know what brought you here um and yeah i think the movie is kind of like this dark animated like pseudo animated film um about what you keep inside excellent (laughs) thank you you summed it up like the central theme of the wall both the album and the movie is the construction of the walls both metaphorical and physical Mm -hmm. and The story follows this rock star, this child to rock star, who then becomes like a cult leader slash dictator. His name is Pink, which, you know, 
extracted from Pink Floyd. So, and during that story, he, because of things that happened in his childhood, he constructs a wall and it becomes Mm -hmm. another brick in the wall and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And what I love about the album is it's a cyclical album. So as it ends, it bleeds into the first song and it becomes a continuous album that never ends. What? I did not know that. I <laughs> So it's a loop, so it's a loop then. So you're saying yeah. he's kind of like the well, I guess pink. I think I'm getting this mixed up. I've been watching a ton of Evangelion and I've heard the <laughs> term loop a lot lately and yeah. whatever. So, sorry. As I was saying, just this kind of theory uh, if you will about like this loop of the wall, right? So, if we're kind of mm-hmm. thinking about it like that because I've almost I've like read that the movie is about like something else, but I I feel like the movie is supposed to be fluid like it's not supposed to be you're not supposed to be able to tell what it is it's about i noticed right away that it doesn't follow the structure of the album it kind of jumps around i've not i noticed that too a little bit so i want to expound about what you said about like of course being a cyclical album is that so if we're talking about the idea of trauma right because i think that's kind Mm -hmm. of like a really big theme about this album too absolutely right and I think when I think about trauma, when I think about someone just like constantly thinking something over and over, and with this being a cyclical album, it almost kinds of me makes me think of like PTSD, right? Mm-hmm. We're already, you know, in the first two songs, um, and in the beginning of the movie, in the flesh and the thin ice are kind of like the two prequel songs, right? Because yeah. it's like in the movie's term you see in the flesh when he's almost kind of like lost it, right? But Mm -hmm. not only that, right? Like this kind of dictator, this person that this keeps on the inside, right? Mm Because I feel like the dictator scene is like more of a of a monster being unleashed. I think kind of like, of course, him coming out as a dictator and kind of like performing, but him also changing his image is like a clear sign of mental change, right? Like, and Mm -hmm. even for those who have gone through past experiences that they just honestly can't forget it feels like they're looping right so i think that's like another interesting part of course there's the big part where he talks about is like goes into their backstory with their mother and father an overprotective mother and a father who died early i've i mean you know even during the movie like even recall Mm -hmm. him as a kid just playing with some other kid's dad well trying Mm to Mm -hmm. is weird you know and it's like yeah it just almost feels like I mean, you you can clearly see the trauma. You can see the mm-hmm. loss on this kid. And it's yeah. like, oof. Let's provide a little bit of context about the wall. So a lot of the imagery of the wall, both in the album and the movie, especially the movie, they use a lot of World War II imagery. Mm-hmm. They use a mm-hmm. lot of like battle reenactments. They, they do like a D-Day sequence or there's trench warfare going on. And, and then, of course, the blatant, Nazi imagery with like Pink's character becoming, you know, the dictator using the same iconography and colors and uniforms. So Pink Floyd is a British act. And when the album was released in 1980, World War II was about 40 years ago. So to put that into context with modern listeners and viewers Mm -hmm. is that the 1980s for us right now in the year 2021 was 40 years ago. 
So us looking back at the 80s, you know, it wasn't that long ago. So for a 1980s audience person looking back to World War II, wasn't that long ago. Dang, yeah, it's kind of... A little little bit crazy. Yeah. When that movie came out, it was like, like still kind of fresh. It's like, oh man, this, this just happened. So like us looking back to like Ronald Reagan was the same amount of time for a 1980s viewer looking back to Adolf Hitler. Yeah, it's definitely like fresh enough where people are going to be like, yeah, that was uh that was bad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like speaking on the animation and speaking a lot of the imagery, mm-hmm. I love Goodbye Blue Sky. Yeah. Man. That song, like just that animation, that transformation from like this freaking evil bird breaks out of this peaceful pigeon right Mm -hmm. and it just like sets the tone and you see the blood dripping down from the cross and it's also of course interesting airplanes and birds sometimes get mixed up especially with Mm -hmm. warfare sometimes Mm -hmm. and especially when the kid has said look look mummy there's an airplane up in the sky right and it was yeah it's like that's no airplane like right you know this is like this is this is like war this was everything that's going on Mm -hmm. but you know of course you you kind of think about pink's dad right and you think about in a weird way like him saying look there's an airplane up in the sky and then you remember how pink's dad had died right obviously now we're finding out the details to more of pink's trauma like mm-hmm. more about like different things that obviously bother him and whatnot historically a lot of a lot of men went to go fight in world war ii and a lot of those men you know were killed which means a lot of fatherless children were in britain so just like pink and the writer pink floyd member Roger Waters, when he was writing The Wall, he lost his father to the Nazis because his father served in the war. So this is sort of kind of like a a dramatic autobiography. Yeah. I never knew that. That is crazy. So did Pink's father, when he was younger, he had died or was he much older? In the beginning of the film, if you go chronologically, it shows you know okay. a little boy and he's at a playground alone trying to play with another dad because mm-hmm. his dad isn't around. And then we find out why, because he goes back home and he puts on his father's military uniform, symbolizing that he misses him. And then, of course, we can get into his mother, the motherly figure which is very overbearing and very controlling. And that kind of affects his psyche too. I think the mother part is, is okay. I don't love, I think how like, or I guess, okay. I guess obviously I don't love it, but I think (laughs) what is it, what is interesting is that his like with his mother being overbearing and the girl kind of like, Oh, want to take a bath? Want to do this? Want to do that? Like, I think it like made it just reminded him of like of not having freedom, right? Because I think when we think of mothers, we think of overprotective mothers. We just think of someone who like doesn't give you space to breathe, mm-hmm. doesn't allow you to just kind of like be yourself and whatnot, and knows what's best, right? Mm-hmm. And I just remember, you know, I remember. I mean, of course, in the song "Mother," it's like, "Mother, do you think she's dangerous? Mm-hmm. Do you think she, is she's? Do you think she's dangerous to me?" Yeah. I think in a weird way too, it felt like he grew in a resentment towards women. But it was definitely weird to see like how that developed into later feelings, because that's obviously something you know when you were just saying with the uh, with the father, that's 
something that's very apparent, right? Yeah. It's like the idea of like just his parents were like not the best towards him. He always felt like he had like a, a weird, like not the best life growing up. Right. He's missing that support structure that he needs as a kid, which then probably leads to the path he goes on later in life. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing about this movie is that obviously like his issues and what he's trying to overcome is his focus. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm a little confused to why he had a mental breakdown. So when we go back to the wall analogy, he first begins constructing the wall when he's a kid and that's to protect himself against, you know, the world or whatnot because, you know, he lost his dad and then his mom is, you know, overbearing. So then by the time you know, he's a rock star or a musician. You can see him becoming more and more despondent. So it's kind of like this slow descent. And it culminates when comfortably numb. That's another big animated scene, if I remember, too. I wish I've, I'm like if ingrained in my head that goodbye, Blue Sky is like. Oh, that's like one of the best scenes in the entire movie. Oh, and the trial, too. Mm-hmm. As creepy as the trial is, <laughs> it's good creepy. Let's unpack Goodbye, Blue Sky. So the dove is flying in the sky, and then it transforms into a falcon. And the yes. falcon was one of the images of the Third Reich in Germany. Mm-hmm. Historically, London was bombed significantly by the Luftwaffe. I think it was like 90% of the city was destroyed by German bombings. So Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That falcon is like going over the city of London. It's like casting this giant shadow and it's very ominous. The sky turns dark Mm -hmm. and then it's like ripping apart the, the landscape and like it looks like there's blood coming out of the hills and mm-hmm. and then it transitions to a whole bunch of planes coming out of the wings of the falcon and then those mm-hmm. planes turn into white crosses yeah this like kind of weird giant death machine all of these like mm-hmm. planes are yeah literally coming out of this death machine and then how the the I believe the British flag turns into like a bloody cross. You hit the nail right on the head, dude. Just like with everything, with the 
with the talons just flying through the sky and just ripping out the ground. I mean, it, yeah, it's bleeding because it's hurting, you know? And even the, like, with all those people with those gas masks being forced to live, like, underground. And I'm going to guess that also just kind of explains, like, what some people had to do because it smells, like, burnt. Like, it's just burning, you know? Going with the perspective that World War II was not even a lifetime ago for these people. It was just a few decades ago. There's still like unresolved trauma from dealing with this war machine at their front door. So you're obviously a, a bigger history buff than mine. Do you think Pink's character, that was like, that was something he went through? Like, was he, do you think he was, you must have, because if it was 40 years before then within the movie, mm-hmm. so then he was a little kid. I mean, did it seem like that they were showing that this is something that the kid went through? Because it definitely seems like it's not. Because I feel like the mm-hmm. city that he'd be living in, we wouldn't see him in a sit school. I mean, mm-hmm. regardless of all this bad stuff that happened, mm-hmm. right? It, it mostly comes like, it just seems like him talking about that. There's an airplane up in the sky. Like, Goodbye Blue Sky is more like from the father's perspective. When the kid says, look, there's an airplane up in the sky. Any kid would say that. But any adult who's in war would understand that that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. It is not a plane in the sky that is an enemy. And, yeah. you know, it's it's definitely in a weird way. That song also kind of brings up the audiences, you know, brings them up to speed. You know, it's mm-hmm. like this is a post-World War, right? Mm-hmm. And these things, these thoughts are still like fresh on people's mind. Yeah. Well, I guess it's it's pretty ambiguous when this album takes place. Yeah, because I definitely think that it's purposely not in chronological order because it's in his mind. Like it definitely seems like that this is from a mind perspective. I definitely think that like kind of adds more to the mystique of this movie, you know, like how you said earlier is a dramatic autobiography. So, and it, it feels that way. It doesn't feel like the, you know, the main character is telling the story. There's like almost no dialogue in the movie apart from like the actual song lyrics. Like, all the information is visually shown to you, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. makes the movie, as you said, fluid. And it also, it's pretty ambiguous. Like, you can interpret mm-hmm. the movie in so many different ways. Like, we're interpreting it right now with, like, you know, this character Pink is dealing with PTSD from living in a post-war world. And, like that could be derived from Roger Waters' experience with, like, living in this war-torn country for a period of time and then losing his father because of it. It's such an interesting movie because, like, Mm -hmm. it's so experimental at its core. And I really enjoy that. Let's, uh, Let's dive into another subject matter for The Wall, which is... um. One of the most famous scenes in the movie is another brick in the wall, which is the school scene. So that's, once again, other than the the music lyrics, not a whole lot of dialogue is given. Everything is given to you visually. And I think that is just like with Goodbye Blue Sky being so visually stimulating and thought-provoking. The same thing can be said about another brick in the wall. Um, yeah, when I think about another brick in the wall, right, we kind of think about, like, 
uh, it's just another brick in the wall. It's like, yeah, it's another experience that I had in my lifetime because the little kid and the part where another brick in the wall plays is when he's made fun of for writing poems. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, and when I think about that is like, I'm just, this is just another shitty life experience that I'm just going to add to why is it that I'm building this wall around people, right? Mm-hmm. I think that part was pretty prevalent, but I think what was also, of course, prevalent too is like, yeah, that, that common phrase of like, don't try to be like someone else, right? When you're, mm-hmm. when you do think of a brick in a wall, you're just like, you're here and then you just kind of realize that you're just being stacked on top of everyone else. You know, when you think of bricks in the wall, I also think of like being a member of society, right? So maybe it's metaphorical in a way where, it, yes, it's to have this wall, like maintain said wall. But when I mean, when the wall comes crumbling down, it's like not only can people see you for who you are, but when the wall breaks down, you have no control. And I think, you know, obviously, like, pretty much like later in the movie was really like hinting at that as well mm-hmm. during the trial scene, which is just bonkers. But I think when I think about too, about um, another brick in the wall, especially like all these students are kind of like these bricks, they're kind of being put together, right? It's like, all in all, you're just another brick in the wall, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, it's funny too, because that could be a diss. Ah, you're just another brick in the wall. <laughs> ah, you're just a sucker, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I really love that title. I love the saying, and I just kind of love how there's so many meanings behind it, mm-hmm. right? And like the movie, it's just kind of supposed to be up to your interpretation, you know? Yeah. So speaking of that, when I was watching that scene, a lot of the imagery that they use are school children going to school. There's this level of conformity going on where they're all dressed the same. They're all walking in a line. It looks like they're on an assembly line. And then they're kind of like herded into like giant rooms. And it's kind of like an assembly line to create good citizens in society. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's where the title another brick in the wall because like you're kind of like creating this mold of human and like these kids are trying to conform to it by going to these like schools and then the most striking image of that whole thing is like they're on the conveyor belt and they fall into like a pit and in that pit it's like a meat grinder i i bet it's the mask and I'm sure that what it is that like really keeps from that scene from like kind of running it away with itself. Cause I think if those kids didn't have like the masks on, like that would be way too distracting and I just would not look past it. But I think even in thinking about earlier too, like of course there's a world war two theme, mm-hmm. but when you think of like the draft too, oh. it's like you kind of go through this life the the schooling process just yeah. to be like swooped up right after right when you get out of high school mm. and you may or may not make it back. I'm gonna say as an artist, as a designer, you never really want to be like the same as everybody else, of course. Mm-hmm. So it's like him hating and being and resenting this, and then of course all those kids just like breaking out is like, no, not gonna do this. Right. I'm gonna be my own person and I'm not gonna be like the person you want me to be. 
right? Yeah. It also ties in with the, the intro when you have all those people like kind of running away from the demonstration right. and the police brutality as well. Mm-hmm. I call it like I see it. <laughs> <laughs> I think those scenes are like obviously like closely linked, right? It's the idea of anti-establishment. Yeah. You know, this album is not punk, but it, in a way it has like that screw you mentality. Right just not trying to be what everybody else is you know right do you have a fave song off this album a few of them i I mean i love the album so much i do like the first half of the album because it's split into two discs yeah two vinyls but the second half also has hey you and comfortably numb but specifically i like another brick in the wall goodbye blue sky thin ice which is also the first song and then also is reprised i just noticed that and i think i would also say i'm not entirely sure if the lyrics really aged well because in the second in the flesh he's kind of like you hear him pointing out everybody Mm -hmm. that's not him essentially Mm -hmm. and it's just like man you just kind of it's just like such a weird break of character like so yeah let's let's unpack that a little bit so Pink becomes this dictator character mm-hmm. as, the, as the movie progresses. And mm-hmm. here's one interpretation for that, because it's not spelled out for the audience at all. Because before he goes to the rock concert, which ended up looking like a Nazi rally, before that, he's like stuffed into a limo. And the people that stuff him into a limo kind of look like record executives. They kind of look like <sighs> big shot business guys. And as mm-hmm. he's in the car... He's kind of like being transformed. He's like like a cocoon uh, develops around him, and then he rips it off, and then it's like you know the Nazi uniform essentially. Mm-hmm. So that could be a commentary on how celebrity can have such a cult of personality. And in the movie, it's visually shown by Pink becoming a cult leader. Because essentially that's what Adolf Hitler was. He led a Mm -hmm. cult of people. So maybe because he was a rock star and then he turned into this authoritarian dictator guy. Man, I didn't think about the label execs. That part I did not notice. I think because again, like when I think about Pink and like this transformation, it is kind of like, it definitely seems like him as an artist also was like kind of contemplating and going back and forth. I know it's supposed to be an overdramatic autobiography, but I almost kind of think, too, is like, man, maybe as a band as Pink Floyd, what they're trying to say, it was like, everything was great. We had our own little world mm. within this wall mm-hmm. of our fans, our cult following, and then now all of a sudden, everybody wants everything from us, right? right? Like Pink within the movie, mm-hmm. they didn't really know what to do with like this fame, kind of, right? Because mm-hmm. maybe Pink Floyd just wasn't, cut out for this they weren't expecting this much fame right and that's why like kind of those execs like stepped in within the movie to of course control him and control like the pink Floyd sound if you will yeah because like in that track in the flesh it plays out and then when it's reprised when pink becomes his dictator he says mm. the line i've got some bad news for you sunshine pink isn't well he stayed back at the hotel and they sent us oh. along as a surrogate band. We're going to find out where you folks really stand. So going off of what you said, like, yeah, I could totally see it being like that. Like, 
we started off as this band, Pink Floyd, and then mm. because of our own success and then the people leeching off of us, you know, the record executives, we're now no longer Pink Floyd, but we're kind of like playing the part of Pink Floyd. Kind of like they're not being genuine anymore. They're putting on an act. Wow. Yeah. No, th- talk about a magnum opus. Jeez. But I actually wanted to ask you this too. Have you ever had like the opportunity to see some of the uh, Roger Waters like on YouTube, like perform it live? One of my regrets in life is not seeing Roger Waters perform the wall in its entirety at Wrigley Field. I really wanted when to go. When was that? That was back in, I believe, 2011. So like 10 years ago. Dang. When I was, that would be sick. At Live Nation, there was actually a flag for that show. Really? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It was so cool. So would you like to talk about the trial scene since you mentioned that a couple times? I can't help but to think like this other voice that's in that song, right? It says, uh, showing feelings of an almost human nature, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it almost seems like that's the wall talking. The judge, of course, must be his consciousness. He says, since... Since you've exposed your deepest fear, I sentence you to be exposed in front of your peers, tear down the wall. I think that part of the trial and just like just thinking about it is that's the wall like barking back. It's saying, all right, like I don't exist. Really? Okay. Let's see how well you do when everybody knows the truth about you. Because even that scene as well is like kind of ugly. There's like these really like weird like beings. Some of them almost kind of represent some figures like in his life, like his mother. And especially animated wise, it pairs well with like Goodbye Blue Sky and the idea of like it's just Mm -hmm. very on par with the style. It's a fitting end for a movie like this to have it animated like just as bizarre. Yeah, it's like such a bizarre, such a bizarre ending, you know? Mm hmm. And the art style is very similar to the art style that's on the the wall record artwork. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, I wonder if they got the same artist. All about branding. (laughs) All about the branding. So, (laughs) yeah, like it's interesting because in the movie, as Pink is constructing the wall and then it reaches a climax at the trial. And then they decide, bring down the wall. Oh, right, right. And then they... Tear it down. Yeah. And then they tear it down and it explodes. And the end scene just stood out in my mind. There's a bunch of children looking around in the rubble, trying to, like, you know, clean up, repair the broken city, I guess. One of the kids takes a Molotov cocktail an instrument of war and he dumps it out and that's the final frame of the movie and it's such a simple image but it evokes so much meaning behind it i would definitely chalk that down as like the idea that you know like outside of war like there needs to be peace but maybe that wasn't supposed to be peaceful maybe it's just supposed to be like this innocence right is supposed to represent this kind of child innocence that's been proposed since the beginning of the movie right Right. and because in the beginning of the movie 
we know like in the beginning of this conversation we were talking about the difference from a bird in the sky to a kid to a bird in the sky to an adult at war right yeah again it goes back with playing with that idea of childlike innocence versus adult experience you know it kind of it has that theme and it's kind of bringing that theme up again definitely and to close the show we like to do one reason why. So, Diego, I'm going to ask you this. What is one reason you would give somebody to watch The Wall? Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Someone should watch The Wall um, because they kind of want to see the bounds of cinema kind of push a little bit because we don't because when you think of music and a movie, you think of a musical or a not a musical, but like a Disney flick, right? Something like that. The Wall is obviously not that. And I think that's why someone should read it because they're tired of like the typical musical genre. They love rock and roll and they have an affinity for weird things. And I think someone who's looking to see a fresh perspective on both art and sound, this is the movie for you. Very well put. Thank you very much. And the one reason I would give somebody to watch this movie is because it's such a interesting take on how to present an album as a film. Mm-hmm. So, I think, personally, The Wall is my favorite Pink Floyd album, and I think it's one of the best concept records ever to be made. And a concept record is, you know, it's a record with a story. Mm -hmm. There's a storyline within the lyrics. So I think having it being adapted into a film format Mm -hmm. like this is a pretty effective way to tell that story visually Mm -hmm. and it doesn't detract from the album i think the movie and the album are two 
different animals, but they're they're kind of like brother and sister. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think one is better than the other, or one takes away from each other. They kind no. of complement each other. I concur. I concur. But that's it for this time on Syndicates. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about The Wall by Alan Parker. Please check it out where it is available. And now I'd like to take a moment to thank my guest, Diego, for coming on the show. Thank you for inviting me. I had a good time. I always, I always love coming on here, man. Are you kidding me? Diego, you are welcome to come back anytime. Thank you. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, please add us on your favorite social media platform at Syndicates. That is C-I-N-E-D-I-C-A-T-E. Syndicates on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Letterboxd. If you have any questions or film recommendations for us, please email at info at syndicate.com or visit the website syndicate.com. And until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. See ya. See ya.